Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask that you remain standing just for a few more minutes. Then I'll let you sit. Then if you want to stand after that, that's up to you. But I got to be completely honest with you. This is a, it's a humbling moment for me. It's a, quite the honor to be able to stand on this stage and to preach to each and every one of you. Uh, I don't take it for granted. And to be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit taken back by what you said. Uh, because each and every weekend... I'm only saying this to say I get introed often, and that felt very authentic, heartfelt, and prophetic, so I receive it, and I thank you for it. I think there's something beautiful about being able to live in a moment and not just bypass certain things. In fact, that's what makes this moment so important. I always take, I always take a moment to honor. Now, if you've ever been in a service where there's a guest speaker, you could suspect or guess that they're about to honor. As if, like, ah, oh, here we go. It's going to be a big honor swap if we could just bypass that to get to the word. But the truth is, this moment unlocks everything. Because honor really has nothing to do with me and your pastors. It actually has everything to do with God and you. The truth is, theology teaches us that when you make much of a man or a woman of God, what you're saying is, God, I agree with your choice. And when you come into agreement with the choices of God, he extracts his glory from that. So if I say, can we thank God for your pastors, I want you to know, and you start agreeing and clapping, God goes, yep, now you're in agreement with me. That was the choice. That was the decision that I made, and he gets some glory from that. So we want to make sure that God gets all the glory. Can we thank God for your pastors right now? Hey, Pastor. Meredith and Phil. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. God, God, we thank you for the choice you made. We, we thank you for your decisions. We thank you for what you're doing. It's been an absolute honor getting to know you guys, hanging, talking, FaceTiming, and just being able to, to build a relationship. And I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. Thank you for allowing me to, to be here. It's, it, it is a privilege. It is a privilege. And it would be remiss of me not to take a second and honor the bishops of this house. I'm so grateful for your life and your ministry and all that you do. Church, can you help me by thanking God? Just, you can do a little bit more than that. I, to build something, to lead it for years and to keep going, my goodness, that is, that is true success. That is true success. And, and when I say that, that's success in the kingdom, but success in the kingdom is the only success there is on the planet. Speaking of honor, the Bible also says that when Jesus was in his own hometown, he could not perform any miracles because of the lack of faith and the lack of honor, which means somebody showed up to the house where Jesus was and did not get what they needed because of pride. I do not have the luxury of flying home back to Queens, New York, the same way that I came. If Jesus is in the house, 
I want everything it is that he has for me. If there's healing in the room, I want it. If there's breakthrough in the room, I want it. If there's restoration in the room, I want it. I was reading those requests. If there's a liver healing in the room, I want it. If there's a cancer healing in the room, I want it. Maybe you're good and you got everything you need. But for the few people that say, whatever it is that Jesus has for me, I need it and I want it. Take about 30 seconds and let's give honor to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus, we worship. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go on ahead and grab a seat. Go on ahead and grab a seat. Uh, team, you, you, you did such an incredible job. Can I get somebody to play keys behind me, though? Uh, j j just for the beginning part, because when you play, I sound more spiritual. And, and if not, all, all, all good. I'll, I'll, I'll flow with it. Um, your pastor already introduced me to you. We'll get to know each other a little bit more as time goes on. But I, this right here is what I get to do week in and week out. I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. I, I grew up in church. I, I oversaw a youth and young adult ministry called Misfit NYC, which I had led for well over a decade. And then after that, I had the, the privilege of serving as an executive pastor, then even a senior pastor. And in this season of my life, I... I get to do this and only this. I, I travel full-time preaching and teaching. I have the beautiful privilege of serving as a teaching pastor to five churches around the country. And in between that, uh, I'm coming to churches like this and conferences like the one we were just at and just getting to be a part of what God's doing in the kingdom. I only say all that. I only say all that uh, to say this next part. Uh, I am not alone. I'm here on behalf of my family. I'm I'm married uh, to the most beautiful woman in the world, and I have two incredible children. In fact, let me show you a picture of them real quick. We could just put that up on, on the screen. That, that is my family. Yeah, thank you. That young lady on my lap, her name is Chloe, and she is 13 years old, and she loves Jesus. But pray for me because she doesn't want to be a baby girl anymore. Uh, she wants to shop at places like Sephora and Lululemon. And I'm like, let's just stick to the children's place and only that. Eh? Um, but that's, that's my baby girl. She's amazing. That, that guy in the, in the pink, his name is Dylan. Uh, and he is a baller. He plays basketball 24-7. He just got himself a job at Starbucks, uh, which was hysterical because he's only been working about four weeks. And he got his first paycheck a few weeks ago. And when he saw it, he looked at me and he thought, for real? That's it? And I said, now you know. Now you know. You Complaining you couldn't get the new sneakers. <laughs> Come buy them yourself. So that's my... That's my baby boy. He, he's amazing. He's 16 years old. And that beautiful woman behind me, her name is Jairus. Everybody say Jairus. She's born and raised in Brooklyn, uh, New York, Bushwick, Brooklyn. But she is German and Colombian. German and Colombian. And you got me, Italian. So we are, this is, this is my family. And we're just, we're grateful to do what we do. Here's why I showed you a picture. If you ever remember me beyond this moment, would you pray? That's all I'm going to ask. Even if it's a quick, hey, just bless the dear soul household. Just, just pray for us because traveling week in and week out, it's a, it's a different life. And, and I get to do it with some of the greatest people in the world. I, I have two of them with me, Al and Alex, their father and son. Al travels with me everywhere. 
99% of the time, every week that we're out, he's there with me. And, and we're both leaving our families to serve. So my, my prayers, my request is going to be, can you pray for us? And here's the deal. I'll pray for you every time I remember you. Is that, is that a good deal? I follow your pastors. I speak to them. I follow you guys on social media. I promise every time I'm scrolling and I see, I see the name pop up, I'll, I'll pray for you. You pray for me. Deal? Let's jump into this text. This is, this is something I'm excited to preach about, which, which let me just say before I read this to you, I'm excited for tonight. Tonight we have a service and there, there is a prophetic edge to what it is that God wants to do. We're going to be laying hands. We're going to be praying for healing. We're going to be praying for deliverance. I'm, I'm excited about the word that God gave me. I was so excited about it. I almost preached it this morning. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm that excited about it. I'm, and I'm excited what God wants to say this morning and this evening. So do whatever you got to do to get here. Cancel plans. Bring somebody. Kidnap somebody. Bring them with you. We're going to have a good time. But I want to, I want to start off reading to you a pretty famous passage of scripture. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, starting at verse 1. We're going to read a little bit. It says this. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Let's just pause real quick. If you've ever spent any time around church, these names are most likely familiar to you. Has anyone ever heard of these names before, Elijah and Elisha? Okay, if we're being honest, who here has ever confused Elisha for Elisha? And okay, thank you, thank you. So, so you know what I do, J just as a little, a, little, a little tool to help me remember, Elisha has an S in it, which I always say stands for second. Number two, Elijah is the mentor. Elisha is the mentee. And that's important for the sake of today's conversation because we need to be know who we're talking about as one follows the other. It says this, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. You see that? That, that's the part that got me. So, so they went down to Bethel. I, I'll, I'll continue on. You'll see what I'm talking about. It says, the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. He's trying to get rid of him. Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. You see it now? It's a little pattern developing. Then the company of the prophets at Jericho went to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Man, I'm telling you, it's good. It's good because I know it's coming. It's, it's good. It goes on to say, 50 men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what 
can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Allah should reply. Verse 10 says, you have asked a difficult thing. This, this is the part that got me thinking. You've asked a difficult thing? You just split water. You're about to be taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. But this is difficult. Doesn't add up. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise not. All I got to do is see you when you're taken. That don't sound that difficult. Hmm. Skipping on over to the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 20, the Bible reads, a faithful person will be richly blessed. A faithful person will be richly blessed. I want to take the next few moments and I want to speak to you from this idea. I intend on being blessed. Come on, has anyone received that? I intend on being blessed. I didn't just show up here to show up. I showed up here with the future in mind, with my children in mind, with my children's children in mind. I intend on being blessed. If anybody agrees with that, can you just put a shout on it real quick? I intend on being blessed. Let's pray one more time. Holy Spirit, speak. Amen. Come on, you know short prayers work too, right? Your holidays will go better if you use that, I promise. Just pray quick, in and out. No fighting over the turkey. <laughs> Today I felt the Holy Spirit ask me to ask you, us, this question. What does it mean to live intentionally? Living intentionally means to purposely pursue the life God has called you to live. Intentionality requires deliberate action. God is intentional, and he has called us to be the same. God didn't create the world by accident or chance. He did not make us at random. Long before we were even a thought in our parents' mind, God knew about us. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. In Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16, the psalmist praises God simply for his intentionality. His intentionality in creating him and every other human being that would ever walk the face of the earth. God took an unformed substance and created something out of it. God is the only one that can take an unformed substance and create something out of it. So as a result, he's being praised as a result of it. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, very famously, it reads... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. While explaining his call as a prophet, God tells Jeremiah that he was appointed long before he was conceived in his mother's womb. God didn't just know who Jeremiah would be 
He planned it. He didn't just know who he would be. He planned it. In other words, God was intentional. Likewise, God has a plan for your life. He has been intentional about your destiny. He's been intentional about your future. He's been intentional if you're single, about your future spouse. If you're without children, he's intentional about what your children names will be, who they will be, the personalities that they'll grow up to carry. But he's also intentional with you. If you're frustrated, he's intentional. If you're annoyed, he's intentional. If you're happy, he's intentional intentional regardless of how you look at it or cut it he is intentional and because he is intentional it is imperative that we never get distracted by anything else but we lean all the way in on the intricacies that he's created us with because each and every one of you are unique and he wants you to own the details that he's detailed you with he wants you to own the details that he's detailed you with. If you want to see the completion of the details come to pass that God has detailed you with, it takes one word, intentionality. But how many know that, that there is a great difference between the word intention and completion? In fact, there's a lot of time between intention and completion. A couple of weeks ago, I was at the mall, and I was standing on a line. This line was as long as eternity. It was the return line. So, of course, it wasn't my things that I was there to return. I was standing on the line for my wife. Where was she? Shopping. <laughs> so that in three weeks, I could return for her again. As I'm standing on the back of this line, this this man comes and he joins me. He stands right behind me. Comes and stands right behind me. Not only two seconds later, a woman walks up to him, approaches him, and says, Sir, you took my place. The man being completely confused, kind of looks around, looks at me. I look at him confused, but I'm going to mind my own business. The woman says, I was just walking over here to get online, but I stopped to look at something real quick. She then went to said, here it is. It was my intention to stand where you are right behind this man pointing at me. I'm like, don't involve me. <laughs> There is a great difference between where you intend to be and where you currently are. There is a great difference between where you intend to be and where you currently are. I know where you want to be, but just because you want to be there does not mean that you currently are there. And here is the truth for all my Pentecostals, non-denominationals, and charismatics. We will never complete anything in our lives if our intentions are void of actions. We will never complete anything in this world. World if our intentions are void of actions. In other words, mean what you say and say what you mean. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Don't just tell me what you want to do, do it. Don't just tell me what you want to do, do it. I'm glad you got a vision board. I'm glad you wrote down some notes. I'm glad you bought you a journal. But until you are willing to take the steps that the plan that you created to put in place to see it come to pass, I promise you it will never happen no matter how much you pray. 
Because unless you step out, you will not see it. For being honest, we as Christians are guilty of praying prayers where we hope for God to take care of what he's actually intended for us to complete. Stop asking God to do what he asked you to do. If you're going to pray a prayer like, God, take me there. God, build this. God, speak to them. All of those are great prayers to pray if you understand that you play a role within that prayer. Those are great prayers to pray as long as you're aware of the role you play within that prayer. See, we are equally responsible with God for the role we play in our prayers. We are equally responsible with God for the role that we play in our prayers. Let's go a little bit pragmatic for a second. If you are praying for God to take you somewhere, you have to recognize that you have legs so that you could walk. If you are asking God to build something, you better understand that he's giving you hands so that you could build. If you are asking God for opportunity, you better understand that he's giving you a mouth so that you could ask. If you are asking God for a shift in your family, a shift in your generation, a shift in your own spiritual life, you better understand that he's giving you a tongue so that you can declare. And on that tongue holds the authority of both life and death, which means you can declare with your tongue life over the dead areas in your life. And you could declare death over the things in your life that should have been dead a long time ago. He says, I have given you authority. I have given you power. And I need you to understand the role that you play in it. If you are praying for something new, understand that you have a voice so that you can create. Because I want to suggest to you that the breakthrough that you are longing for is possible if you stop backing down. Your breakthrough is possible if you stop quitting, you don't even realize how close you were to the blessing. But, but because you stood and you prayed, you didn't realize that there are moments to be still. And there are moments to move. There are moments to be quiet. There are moments to talk. There's a time for everything, the Bible says. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to grieve. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to be joyous. You have to be able to identify what season are you in and what's the action that comes with that season. My goodness, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Let this be the moment that you do. Let this be the moment that you actually did what you promised you would do. Let this be the moment that your procrastination comes to an end because I am telling you, I am telling you, you have, you have too many relationships in your life that you are praying healing over, but they would not be fractured if you just did what you promised. Man, let me pick on you real quick. Husbands, it's not that your wife doesn't love you. It's just that she doesn't believe you. There's a difference. Because every time you tell her you're going to do something, and then she checks up on you to see if you completed it, and you didn't because you're sitting there on the couch, or you're, you're sitting on the phone, or you're in the bathroom again. 
It's not, it's not that she's angry with you. It's not that she doesn't believe that you're a good man and that you don't work hard. It's that you told her two weeks ago that you were going to handle the bill. Or two weeks ago, you were going to clean out the garage. Or two weeks ago, you were going to get the oil check. Or two weeks ago, you were going to go to the bank. But then something happened and it distracted you. And you told yourself because of how hardworking you are, you didn't have to do it now. And somebody else should handle it. And as a result of it, there is friction in your marriage. It's not that she doesn't love you it's that she doesn't believe you you are great at talking you are great at making speeches but you are poor at executing them and if I'm lying tell me I'm lying but if I'm, I'm right ladies can I get an amen? amen not too loud he's still next to you he's still next to you it is important it is it is important that we are men and women of consistency because can I tell you that every time you say yes and every time you say no, you are always saying yes to consistency? Every time you say yes and every time you say no, your no has a yes of consistency attached to it. Every time you say yes, you have a yes of consistency attached to it. Let's go real practical, okay? That means if you said yes to the diet, that means you said no to the donuts. Fair? If you said yes to the savings, that means no to the spending. If you said yes to waking up early, that means no to going to bed late. Can we go deeper? Let's go deeper. If you said yes to the relationship, that means no to selfishness. If you said yes to being a parent, that says no to being childish. If you said yes to the job, that means no to laziness. Remember the job you prayed for? God, if you would just give it to me, I'll serve you all the days of my life. And here you are, fast forward a year later, posting on Instagram. My goodness, Mondays, who loves Mondays? Mondays are so annoying. I can't believe I got to go to that job. When over a year ago, you were home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But now you got a job to go to and you're trying to figure out ways to get out of it. Can we go deeper? If you said yes to Jesus you said yes to surrender. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to obedience. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to holiness. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to being misunderstood by people. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to being rejected by the world. But don't worry, because if you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to peace. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to prosperity. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to eternity. If you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to destiny. Come on, where are all my people of destiny in the room that say, whatever it is you have for me, Lord, I want it. Whatever it is you have for me and my children, we are going to see it. For me and my children and our children's children, we're not going to stay here, but we're going to walk into the promised land that you have for us. I need all the people of destiny to take about 30 seconds, lift up your hands, open up your mouths, and put a shout in the air. Come on, church, go. Hey. I want everything you have for me. I, I don't want to miss a piece of it. I don't, I don't want to miss a part of it. I'm, I'm not going to miss a minute of it, a second of it, a day of it, a cent of it. Whatever it is you got for me, I will receive it. Because where you will find me is right behind you. I set you up. Because can I tell you that destiny... And intentionality go hand in hand. And the one word that connects destiny and intentionality is integrity. 
Integrity is saying and completing what you promised. A life of integrity means I don't have to tell you a million times because when I said it the first time, I meant it. It's beautiful to renew a vow for the sake of the pictures and now you actually have a bank account. Shout out to all the newlyweds. But I don't need it to renew the actual vow. I, I meant what I said on day one. If you said yes to being a child of God, you said yes to integrity. And intention without integrity is an illusion. Intention without integrity is an illusion. Do not believe the lie that you are a person of integrity if following through on your word is of low possibility. That's what drew me to this text. I've heard this text preached a thousand times. And if you've grown up around Pentecostals and if you grew up around spirit-filled believers like I have, you know that the fixation would be on the double portion of the blessing. And I'm like, Lord, I want all the double portion that you have for me. But I think sadly in our excitement to get the blessing, we bypass what actually got him there. Second Kings verse two, chapter 2 verse 2, Elisha said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. That's not the part that got me because we're brilliant at making speeches. If you are a preacher, if you're a leader, if you're a communicator, you could, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. What got me was not the speech. It was the next line. So they went down to Bethel. He gave a speech and a promise. And after he made the promise, he fulfilled it. Imagine being in a world where people did what they said. Imagine being a Christian surrounded by other Christians that actually follow through on the gospel that we preach. I mean, how revolutionary is that as opposed to, as opposed to all the stereotypes, you know, church folk will be church folk. That's why I don't go to that church because those people over there say some stuff. I know not here, but in other places people say that. I am not a fan of church deconstruction. But my goodness, there's a lot of material to work with. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. My wife will tell you. I'll tell you. But my goodness, there's, there's too much inconsistency public. But the truth is, inconsistency will always go public. We highlight stories when people do what they say. And what blew my mind when I read this text is the path that they take on the way to the double portion. The double portion of blessing. The first stop, where, where, where did they go? He said, stay here, I got to go where? 
Bethel, Bethel. I love it because Bethel actually translates to house of God. So if I am looking on the pathway to stick to and stay with, I would look at this pathway as the pathway to blessing. So the first stop on this pathway is the house of God, which means all of us are doing well because we're here right now. We find ourselves in the house of God. I believe in 2023, there's never been more of a time where there's so many more offers, more opportunities not to be in the house of God, not to gather around our brothers and our sisters. It is, it is appeasing and it is um, um, seductive to want to stay home and forsake the gathering of the brethren. It is easy not to show up to church. In fact, it is easy not to go to church at all. It is, it is easy not to be around the presence of God because now we've told ourselves we could just get it virtually. And I'm all about doing ministry virtually, but not in replacement of the physically. I need to make sure that I am in the house around other believers, around other like-minded individuals individuals because I spend the rest of my life surrounded around people that don't believe like me, that will not encourage me to follow Jesus. They'll encourage me to find a way to peace, but it won't be through the name of Jesus. It'll be through a bottle. It'll be through a joint. It'll be through gambling. If I'm telling them I'm trying to figure out a way to get ahead, they'll show me how to cut corner but when I come to the house of the Lord my goodness I'm not surrounded by perfect people no 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 I'm surrounded by people that are aware they're not perfect but they are grateful for a perfect God that is they come in the house of God and they say just give me Jesus let's worship Jesus I don't even care who's preaching I don't even care the genre of the song we talking about Jesus because I know the power that's in that name there's healing in that name there's restoration in that name, the, the blind see because of Jesus, the, the deaf hear because of Jesus. When I confessed that Jesus was Lord, heaven became my future and hell was now lost. No, no, no. Get me around some people that don't mind standing, that don't mind lifting up their hands, that don't mind worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know that as a result of it, I'll be more blessed because when I see you worship, knowing you went through what you went through, but you can stand here today with your hands lifted up it gives me the fuel I need to keep on going to keep on worshiping to keep on praising when I look at your marriage that I thought was gonna end even though we're separated but now you're back you tell me that anything is possible is there anybody in the room with the testimony I need all the testimony people you are lost but now you're found you are blind but now you see you were sick you were broke you were lost but because of the grace of God, you're here. All those people, take the next minute, lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and give Jesus a shout. Go. Jesus. We're not perfect, but I can tell you about the one that is. I need to be around other people that, that know I'm not perfect and they're not perfect, but we're going to talk about the one that is perfect. And your encouragement gets on me. Your, your praise spurs me on when you worship. And I know your story. My goodness, it blows my mind. Friends, we need each other. You know we need this? I am. 
I am not for sabotaging this. I, I, need, I need more churches in the future. We, we need more filled rooms in the future. We need more people showing up to atmospheres where the prophetic can be unleashed, where the Holy Spirit can fill some people. I understand that there are new methodologies and new ways of doing things, but my goodness, the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. And it is amazing that the government does not deem this room as essential, but will tell me a liquor store is, but will tell me a grocery store is. Let me tell you, there is nothing more essential than the house of God. And if you agree with that, throw a shout on it. Jesus. Let me be in the house. Let me be in the house. Let me be in the house. Psalm 1-1, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers and ridiculers. So the, the inverse of that would be, blessed are those that stand around other like-minded individuals that put Jesus on the forefront. You want to be blessed, first stop, be in church. They went to Bethel. So I didn't just say, I'll go with you to church. I showed up to church. Woo! By the way, stop giving your children's options whether they want to come or not. You're the parent. Lead them. Show them where to go there. You're their parent for their reason. Don't, don't let education tell you different. Don't let the government tell you different. None of them have produced one child that I would be proud of. No, no, no. For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. When, when you're 18 and you leave, you do what you want. I'm going to keep praying for you. But while you live in this house, we're showing up to church. We are getting there. You could come happy or you could come sad. Regardless, we are showing up. This is why our cues have to come from the word of God. It cannot come from society. But let me tell you, the longer you stay outside of church, the less you are going to believe in what the church teaches. You know why? Because distance creates distortion. So if I could get you home stuck behind a news anchor who tells you what, what they're hearing over their, over their intercom piece and you believe them as if they're some type of authority but not paying attention to all the inconsistencies because one week they said this and the next week they said that. One week they said this would never happen. The next week they said, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. One week they're saying people have predicted that we'll never be here. And then on the other side they're showing me analytics of why we would be here. They are... They they are fixated on consuming you to make you believe that they know where you're going, where we're going. But let me tell you, the only one that knows. And what we use to get there is the word of God as a, as a road map. It's the, it's the light and the lamp to my feet. It shows me where to go. So let me, let me get my direction from, from church. They go to Bethel. And then where do they go next? Anyone remember? They go to Jericho. They go to, they go to Jericho. I love that. They go to Jericho. You know Jericho actually translates to the aroma of God. So the first step is go to church. The second step is be the church. They go to the, the aroma of God. Let me, let's just point out the obvious. Can we just state that holiness still matters to God? 
I know it's 2023, but man, holiness matters. It, it matters how you talk. It matters how you walk. It matters where you look. It matters what you do. It matters what you do in your private time. It matters what you're watching. It matters how you joke. It, it matters. It, it matters. It matters. It, it matters. And this is why it is important that we take the position of an Elisha to follow an Elijah that is walking to holiness, whether we join him or not. Stay here. Now I'm going with you. Because if I stay here, my uncle or my friend or my brother, they're going to lead me. My boss is going to lead me in this direction. I need a, I need a man of God to show me. So you could, you could, I'm not staying. I'm going with you because, because this is the path of, of holiness. This is the path, the path of blessing. So, so they went down together. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman that pursues the heart of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, Jesus says. He says, you will be blessed as you hunger after holiness. They went to Bethel. They went to Jericho. And then they went where? To Jordan. They went to, they went to the Jordan. They went to the Jordan. Jordan literally translates to, to flow down. To flow down. It speaks to legacy. It speaks to a passing on. This is the moment. Not in the first stop, not in the second stop, but in the third stop. If Elijah was going to bless Elisha, why didn't he just do it before he left for Bethel? If something is going to flow down, you're not going to just get it because you asked for it. you got to position yourself for it. And what this teaches us is the beauty of relationship. Putting yourself under something. Putting yourself under a church. Putting yourself under a pastor. Putting yourself under a leader. And not just appeasing them by, by calling them the title, but leaning in on them and getting under it so that they could speak over you, so that they can correct you, so that they could hold you accountable, so that they could celebrate with you, so that they could challenge you, so that they can encourage you, so that they could point you in the right direction. I, I love this. I, I love this because, because it's, it's legacy. It's, it's legacy. Legacy, which is amazing because the Jordan is is so has so much rich legacy already in it. I mean, do you, do you know what happened in these waters? The history of these waters, these are the same waters when Joshua was crossing over with the Israelites and he's struggling in his leadership because they're not viewing him and respecting him like they did Moses, even though they didn't really respect Moses either. But it is amazing how we romanticize the past and they're, 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 they're disrespecting him. And the same way God uses Moses, God uses Joshua because as the Israelites were frustrated with Moses or confused by Moses, what did God do to affirm his leadership? He allowed him to stand before the Red Sea and it split. In that moment there was a whole lot of buy-in into the leadership of Moses. Well in the same way God does this for Joshua as they stand on the Jordan. He's able to split the Jordan and Joshua and the Israelites are able to cross over. This is the same waters that when Naaman comes to the prophet and says I need healing. He says go and dip seven times. Go dip seven times and you'll be Healed. And he does it, and he's healed. How many know, side note, had he stopped on the sixth dip, he wouldn't have been healed. But because he, he completed it seven times, 
he, he was healed. So that means these waters are, are waters of affirmation and they're waters of healing. It's also the same waters where Jesus gets baptized by John. Same waters. All that legacy is in these waters. The obedience and the humility. Oh my goodness. You have affirmation. You have healing. You have obedience. You have humility. It's all, it's all in the mixture of these waters. And these are the waters that Elijah and Elisha not only walk to, but Elisha splits and Elisha is able to cross over with him. And it is only in that moment that he is now positioned to be blessed. This is important. You can't miss this because if we just preach the double portion and if we just preach the anointing and if we just preach the blessing without the system and the structure it took to get there as if, as if practical doesn't matter. Friends, there is so much spiritual within the practical. We need to demystify blessings. The faithful will be richly blessed. Not the one that dances the best, shouts the best, preaches the best, tithes the best. The faithful will be richly blessed. Faithful in the private. Faithful in public. Faithful with their spouse. Faithful with their children. Faithful with their grandchildren. Faithful at their job. Faithful with the petty cash. Faithful when doing things that nobody else will know about but sticking to it. And when you do that, that and only then do you position yourself for a double portion. What can I do for you? He didn't ask him that at Bethel. He didn't ask him that at Jericho. He didn't even ask him that when they got to the Jordan. He only asked them that after they crossed over. Why? Because now there's time. You don't just get to, you don't just get that access because you want it. Talk to entitlement. I want my shot. Who are you under? Who are you following? Who, who have you honored? What, what do you mean? You just want it because you want it? Because you, you watched a YouTube video and thought, I could do that. They cross over. And he says, what can I do for you? What? What, what, what do you want? What, what can I do for you? The relational equity is there. I, I see that you're a man of your word. Not only did you promise, you committed. Not only did you promise, you committed. Not only did you promise, you committed. You didn't just do it the first time. You didn't just do it the second time. But three times now I watched you. I, I watched you and now, and now you're here. And I want you to notice the transfer. Because here is the mentor that says, stay here. I'm going. It's the mentee that chases after the mentor. Side note, you want a mentor? You go after it. Stop thinking because you somebody or you wrote them an email they never called me you need to grow up you need to get a bit of a thicker skin and you need to get under someone you need to pursue them it's not that they need to spend their time on you you need to spend your time pursuing them because they don't know if they could trust you they've had other people that have they've asked to be mentored by and then those people left the moment and it got difficult they got frustrated and they walked away so now they have trust issues and they don't even know if, if you're actually somebody that they could work with because you may have the talent but I'm not sure about your character but because he's a man that does what he says and says what he does and does what he says and says what he does and does what he says and says what he does he's now positioned in this place what can I do for you he says I want a double portion of your spirit and then he says what you've asked for is a difficult thing
if you see me when I get taken up. Can you put that next verse up? If you see me when I get taken up. If you see me when I get taken up. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 8. Nope. Go to verse 8 for me. Yep. Elisha took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided it to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Can you go to the next verse? When they had crossed over, Elisha said, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, can I get the next verse? You have asked a difficult thing. Elisha said, yet if you see me, when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. Next verse. Look at this next verse. I'm going to tell you the next verse. The next verse says that the two of them walked on. Look it up when you get a chance. Verse 11 says, the two of them, thank you, as they were walking along and talking together. As they were walking along and talking together. Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Keep it up real quick. Keep it up real quick. The next part says, then he received a double portion. But no, no, go back to 11 for me, please. 11 says, as they were walking along and talking together. He says, can I get a double portion of your spirit? And guess what? After making the request, finally getting the opportunity of the lifetime that he was waiting for, he still stood around. The thirstiest of people will miss a moment and think because they made the request, I'm done now, I'm going to get what I want. But the fact is, he says, I'm going to ask of you and then I'm going to be in a relationship with you. They kept on walking and they kept on talking. They kept on walking and they kept on talking. They kept on walking and they kept on talking. What a beautiful picture of what salvation looks like. What a beautiful picture of what your relationship with Jesus looks like. Jesus, I want to be blessed. Okay, talk to me about it. Jesus, I'm frustrated. I know you're frustrated, son. Talk to me about it. Jesus, are you ever going to show me what's next? I am going to show you, but keep walking, son. Jesus, am I ever going to figure this thing out? You will but it's not on this step. Keep walking with me, son. I'm telling you. He says, when you walk with me and you talk with me and you walk with me and you talk with me and you walk with me and you talk with me, the faithful will be richly blessed. Not those that just make a request and peace out, but those that go, I'm staying with Jesus. I'm, I'm sticking with my Lord. I'm sticking with my Savior. Come hell or high water, I'm walking with Jesus. When my wife is frustrated with me, I'm not picking up a bottle. I'm going to Jesus. When I don't know what to do with my children, I'm going to the feet of Jesus. When I don't know what to do with the business, I'm staying with Jesus. I am never aborting the walk to think that somebody else has something better to offer me. Everything I need happens within the relationship of me and my Jesus. So you want to know what my future looks like? It looks like this. Walking and talking and walking and talking. Pastor Chris, it doesn't sound that spiritual. I know it may not sound that sexy. But there's nothing better than it. There's nothing like walking with Jesus. There's nothing like talking with Jesus. There's nothing like walking with Jesus. I know, but I want it tomorrow. I don't know if you'll get it tomorrow. But here's what I know. If you keep walking with him today and tomorrow, the next day will be blessed. 
and then after that you keep walking and you keep talking and you'll be blessed and then after that you walk and you talk and you will be blessed why because the faithful will be richly blessed is there anybody in the room that says for the rest of my days I am committed to walking and talking with my Jesus if that's you give him a shout God, I want a double portion. I know, but, but you haven't stewarded your single portion properly. You want a double? You want another kid? You want a second job? You want more money? You want to be a millionaire? How would you steward the thousands? You're in debt with the hundreds. You're faithful with little. You'll be blessed with much. And we overcomplicate this thing. Because we think it's Jesus' job to do what we don't want to. He wouldn't have left if he did not have the expectation that we could handle it. God will always do what we can't. But what we, what we can, he has the expectation that we walk it out. Would you stand with me? prayers that each and every one of us would have received a double portion of whatever it is that God has for you. But I promise you, you will not receive it if your yes is not yes and your no is not no. Because integrity is not well-meaning. It is well-doing. That means, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and after I leave and someone cuts me off, I'm still going to follow you. It means when I go to eat brunch after this and someone takes my table, still going to follow you. Even when the waitress has an attitude and I don't know why she's talking to me like I'm six years old, I'm still going to follow you. Can we be honest? It is so easy to deviate the path. It is in the practical that we position ourselves for what? A double portion. What I love about it, here's what I love about it. We have looked at people that are blessed and said it's because of their skill that I attribute their blessing to them. If I just had the ability to preach like Bishop, if I just had the ability to sing like so-and-so, if I just had the ability to, to do. He makes it so easy for us. You want to be blessed? Be faithful. I'm not talented. I didn't call you to be talented. I called you to be faithful faithful will be richly blessed. I want you to lift up your hands if you're in agreement with this. I want you to lift up your hands if you're in agreement with this. And, and team, you can come behind me. You, you can start playing. I, be, before I pray over you, before I pray over you, I just, I want this to be a sober moment for you. It's, it's why I was, I, was, I was careful to preach it up and then preach it back down just so that we could be here because I don't want us to get caught up in the moment and, and not be clear in our thinking. There are certain things right now 
There are certain things that you have to delete. There are certain things that you have to get rid of. There are certain things in your home that you have to throw out. There are certain text messages that you have to erase. There are certain apps that you need to get rid of because those are the very things that are deviating you from the path of being blessed. And what I'm telling you, what you're trying to cling on to is the very thing that's preventing you from staying on course and receiving everything it is that he has for you. And I promise you, what God has for you is better than anything that you possess right now. So if it's a relationship you have to walk away from, you better get ready to walk away. If it's an app you got to delete, delete it. If it's something you need to confess, confess it. But whatever it is, I want you to position yourself right now. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Would you close your eyes? Would you lift up your hands? And would you just begin to talk to Jesus? Just, just talk to Jesus. Uh, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Just say, yes, Lord. What are you, what are you saying to me? Yes, Lord. What, what is stopping me from going forward? Yes, Lord. What's, what's keeping me from your path? I, I want to be a man of integrity. I, I want to be a woman of integrity. I, I want to go where you've called me to go. I, I want to do what you've called me to do. I don't want any distractions or distortions of what I think hope and life is, oh, Father God. I, I want to chase after you. I, I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best wife. I want to be the best father. I want to be the best mother. I want to be the best son. I want to be the best daughter. I want to be the best daughter-in-law. I want to be the best son-in-law. I want to be the best manager. I want to be the best boss. I want to be the best employee. I want to be the best steward. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Holy Spirit, would you fall right now? And would you fill this place? Romans 12 talks about the renewing of the mind. God, would you renew our minds right now? Would you, would you, de, would you deconstruct all the ideas that we've believed and held on to? And would you evict them from our spirit right now so that we can be men of faithfulness, so that we can be women of faithfulness? God, I pray that you would reprogram our thinking, understanding that all things are possible, regardless of how long that issue or that ailment or that struggle or addiction has been a part of our lives. God, I pray that we would have hope in you, knowing that all things are possible through you, that we would not settle for anything less than what it is that you have for us. We say yes to your will, and we say yes to your way. We say yes to your will, and we say yes to your way. We repent right now from ever allowing anything that would deviate us from the course. We will be men and women that not only say we'll do it, but do it because you are our God, and we are reflections of you and you've never lied about anything that you've said you've only done everything that you said you would do you've never missed it once you never failed once you were never late once we want to be those that bear your image and live like you and Jesus we thank you that you allow us to step back on the path when we do deviate we thank you that you allow us to remain on the course of blessing even when we have messed up but we say from this day forward we are men and women of our word we will be in your house we will be in your presence we will position ourselves to learn from those that are over us you are our God and we are your children and we are so grateful for your blessings we are so grateful for your glory if you are grateful for the goodness of God I want you to take the next 30 seconds lift up your hands open up your mouth and with everything on the inside of you come on give Jesus your best shout 30 more seconds 30 more seconds come on hands lifted up go 